Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, everybody. We just got finished with the podcast marathon at Indie PopCon, and we were able to get back the audio. So that means somewhere down the line, we'll have another live episode to share with you. Also, just a reminder that we have the Stylish Senpai Quiz Contest going on. All you need to do is follow the link on our Facebook page, take the quiz, and if you get all of the questions right, and those questions are over the first six episodes, then your name will be entered into a drawing to win $50 worth of swag from Stylish Senpai. Again, that Facebook page is facebook.com slash thecritshow. But if you're someone who doesn't use Facebook, we'll add the link to the quiz inside of the description for this week's episode. The deadline for the quiz is June 24th at 7 p.m. And that is when we will draw the winner, which we will announce on the June 27th episode. All right, that's enough out of me. Enjoy the episode. have here i never thought i'd see the three of you again you scoundrel. <laughs> oh my gosh the show has happened like we happen to be actually an episode behind because when we recorded the first five episodes we actually had enough material in the fifth recording to make a sixth episode so everybody's hearing this a week late but for us the podcast has just come out like three days ago yeah um, nice how do you guys feel how, how you doing good I'm very good. excited yeah, yeah. this is going well, yeah. I think. Um, I'm really excited, actually, about the number of people who don't play these games who say they actually really enjoy it. I did get one complaint that this is supposed to be a horror-based game. We're six episodes in, and there hasn't been a single um, shower scene with a monster chasing a naked person. Oh, so I think I that's a good think note. I can help you with that. <laughs> right. Which is weird, because there's been a lot of monsters chasing naked people through where we record. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Jake won't stop bringing that mask. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> So we actually got our first email with a critical, this one's actually a critical failure story. Ooh. Right, right. So this is from my first game master, Matt Boucher. My story is about how a chain of crits made me, as the game master, rewrite the whole story arc. I was GMing the game Fading Suns, which is set in a dystopic future space empire. The players are in a space battle and were repelling borders. Their gunslinger went to shoot one of the intruders and rolled a critical failure in the engine room and damaged the engine. No problem. They had an engineer who could easily take his time and fix it, but the players were worried that there could be more trouble soon, so he did a quick repair, and that was the next critical failure. Now the ship was having some unresponsive thrusters due to the engine issue, so I asked the pilot to roll for regaining control of the ship. That is when the third critical in a row was rolled. There was a gasp as the realization that all three players had not only failed but had critically failed. We ended that night with the ship crashing onto a planet 
That was when I realized I would spend a lot of time between now and the next session rewriting the story since they never made it to the spaceport for their mission and were now stranded on a random planet. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Excellent. <laughs> was this you guys? Was no. this you guys? I Just the, that number of no, failures in a role, I thought maybe. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, I see. You know, it's, son of a gun. Uh, say, we played Fading Sons with Matt, but yeah. mm, nope. <laughs> Yikes. That's a good one. That's the thing I like about this game is I find myself rewriting a lot of stuff. And it's usually off of choices, not off of failures. But wow, they never even got to the starting location. <laughs> they just, well, well, now we're on a planet. So I guess this is a Gilligan's Island adventure. Let's we see live if, here now. <laughs> actually, one of my favorite ones um, in the very first game I ever played was with Matt. And I was playing another Mancer and they were really interested in like other races from other dimensions and studying them, and we found a creature who could fly. And I was like, oh my god, that'd be so awesome if I could fly. I wonder how they do it. And so I spent a bunch of time studying it, and he's like, yeah, you actually find that there's kind of like a swim bladder. They have an organ that is what allows them to fly. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to put it into myself. And he was like, really? I was like, yeah, I mean, that's a big part of what nethermancers do. They have the ability to enhance themselves and, you know, add in parts and stuff. And so I did that. And then it became, I had to roll a D6 whenever I wanted to fly to decide what direction in three-dimensional space <laughs> I went because I didn't know how to control it. And he was like, well, eventually it'll work the way you want, but it's like a muscle. You got to work it out. You got to understand it. And so whenever I was in a stressful situation, it would just work. It would just go on. And so we were in this battle one time and one of our teammates was captured between this big group of people. And I threw a bunch of bombs into the middle to save him. He's like, no, no, do it, do it. All these little things are going to kill me. So these bombs explode and they kill all of the little there was like these little cannibalistic cow creatures and he was okay and he's like yeah the smoke clears and he's kind of standing there looking like wily e. coyote just all black and just covered in the cow goo <laughs> and he's like what do you do i was like i start laughing uncontrollably he's like okay roll a six-sided die and i was like what he goes roll it and i rolled it and i knocked myself unconscious laughing because i flew backwards into the wall of our castle <laughs> <laughs> I can remember critical successes and failures that my players have encountered mm. because those are always more interesting to me when I know what's going on behind the scenes and yeah. how important or detrimental that was. Uh -huh. Like um, in one of the games that I that I run, they were going through a tower, like a wizard's sanctum that they were basically scaling their way to the top and it was like a death trap. Like the whole way through, every level was like another horrible thing. And on the third or fourth floor or something, and from the outside you could tell it was like six stories tall, but they get to like the third or fourth floor and like the stairwell just kind of ends and there is just an open chasm that is visibly infinite. Like it just goes on forever. It doesn't make sense. They're, they were on the floor below this. Like it doesn't make sense how this exists. And the whole thing was like, oh, you know, it was a, an acrobatics checks thing to get from like ledge to pole mm -hmm. to ledge to get across. And as soon as you went out there, there were clockwork birds that started attacking you. It was like the keys in <laughs> the dungeon in Harry Potter. And at some point, guy crit failed something. And I was using like the crit fail generator. Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, crit fail, drop your weapon. And I was like, oh, uh, so you... You drop your, your dagger. It falls into this infinite abyss. <laughs> and to me, it's like, oh, man, it doesn't matter. It's a dagger. But I didn't know that it was like a super dope dagger that he had spent a good amount of his starting wealth on when he built the character because we built them above level one. Uh -huh. He dumped a bunch of money into this real cool dagger that I didn't know about. So he's like, oh, that's like hundreds of gold that I just threw away. Make and a I was wish. Like, oh, that sucks. But like, I know that that's like an illusion oh, uh, and that ultimately once they defeat this thing, that illusion's going to be gone. And he can get his dagger back. 
And so the cleric is like, oh, don't worry about it. Once we finish this up, like I prepared locate object for the day. And I'm in my head, I'm like, oh, even better. Like they'll have no problem finding this thing. But they all have a discussion about like, well, it's like an infinite pit. So I doubt we'll be able to locate it. And oh, well, we'll find out. So then at some point in the dungeon, they get hurt pretty bad. And the cleric decides that he needs to spontaneous cast a heal spell. And then they screw up a bunch and they literally just raise this tower the whole thing collapses and they are amongst (laughs) the rubble and i'm like oh well that's gonna make this a little bit harder but he's got the spell so at the end of it they're about to leave and i'm like oh don't forget to you know you can locate object on that dagger and he's like oh that's the one i burned for my spontaneous cast (laughs) and i was like well, all right, you guys made a whole bunch of bad decisions, and I guess that thing's gone forever now. It is among the thousands of pounds of rubble. You will why, never get it. Why is that rogue attacking with his dinner set? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so is there anything from the game that we've done so far, this first story arc, that you, you haven't been doing that you want to do, or something you've been doing that you don't want to do, now that you've kind of had this strange reflection of hearing it? I'd really want to start investigating more in the sense of investigating the mystery at that time or whatever. Because I know in the last one, I'm sure we missed a lot, especially with the Halifax burning down. So it'd be nice to be able to like get through someplace without a monster just immediately scaring us half to death where we don't have time to just get into that. Yeah, like I... I cannot explain to you my level of anxiety as a completionist not to have been able to look in every corner of that building. But the dice said Inferno. Yeah. So <laughs> so I didn't get my way. And not the cool disco kind. No. But like no. someone's being investigated for arson kind. Exactly. Uh, I think that conversely, you want to investigate everything more. I want to start leaning into the first thought that I have being the thing that I do. <laughs> like me, the player, I want to think through this puzzle and come up to a to the best decision. But I don't think I'm being entirely true to my character if I do that. I think I need to lean more into first thought that I have is probably the thing I'm going to do in a panic and and try not to, I guess, try not to metagame. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Nice. Uh, I, I'm I'm pretty cool, so I'm yeah. good. Maybe, I think the thing <laughs> that you really should cool. focus on is um, actually using all of those weapons you carry instead of dropping them or shooting the ceiling. Or... <laughs> <laughs> I think I've been doing really good at just wrecking some ceilings and walls, okay? It's true, so... it's true. Let's do it. Let's play the game. I want to roll some dice. Okay. I think I we thoughts. should have a, a whole episode of us just talking about just, things. Let's just really deconstruct the show <laughs> and, uh, oh, the music is playing. I guess we're going. We open on a small fishing village on the Isle of Keeley in Hawaii. It's near dark, and an older man stands on the edge of a rundown pier fishing off the edge. He looks out across the water, thinking about how lucky he is to have a quiet spot like this. The line goes taut on the pole, and he pulls back to set the hook. He begins to reel in the line, but the rod bends harshly towards the water. The man struggles for a minute, then regains his footing and pulls back once more before being violently wrenched into the water. He comes up gasping and starts to swim back towards the shore, then is dragged under the water. He surfaces again, struggling against an unseen force below the surface. The last sliver of the sun sinks below the horizon, turning the water a scarlet red as the old man surfaces for the last time before vanishing under the slow and gentle waves. It's a couple hours after you have left Rev's place, after having a chat with him about what you found with the ley lines and the candles. And he told you that he's going to have to do a little bit of research. 
which is great that he needs a little time because you did just get the phone call from Margaret that you guys have a job and she has asked you to come back to IPT. How do you want to get there? Are you going to teleport? Are you taking the IPT cruiser? I would like to not use the teleport when we don't really have to, like just because there is a chance I mess up if I try to take you guys with me. So I'd like to err on the side of caution on that one. Yeah, and I think we have to return the car anyway. Anything you guys are going to do on the way there? I don't think we're missing anything crucial now, right? Like we don't need to go resupply or anything anywhere. I can't imagine. I'd think uh, hopefully whatever they're going to need us for that they would hopefully have there. So yeah. Do, Do we need to go pack before we go to the theater? Did they make it sound like we're leaving... As soon as we get there, they're going to give you some information and then there'll probably be a, a window to pack and get to the airport for your flight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll just well, go then. straight there. Yeah, right, we'll great. go right there. So you guys get there. It's about noon and you head inside, head upstairs, and Margaret's actually waiting for you guys. Uh, what do we got? Well, I suppose you're wondering why people from Indiana are headed to Hawaii. Come here. Let me show you what came back to us today. We sent some operatives out there on vacation. You know, you guys do get vacation hours and uh, a little bit of your overtime goes towards that. So we had booked them a flight and uh, they took one of their friends with them. And as she's saying that she's walking you through the building, uh, she takes you past the room where they do the experiments. She takes you past the uh, medicine room where you guys got injected and she takes you into a room you haven't been in yet. And it's got a very large door that is hermetically sealed. And she punches a code in, and it hisses open. You guys step inside. It blows down on you, decontaminates you. After it closes, the other side opens, and she walks you in to a very sterile room where there are two people laying on metal benches and a third person kind of pacing between them. People on the benches, there's two men, and then there's a female pacing around. They came back a little different than they left, and I think it's something that should be looked into for their safety uh, and for their recovery. What Uh, happened? The person who's pacing turns around. I don't know. I was there with my husband and one of our friends, and they seem to have gotten infected by something. I've seen vampires before, and this seems almost like a vampire that I have encountered, but something's weird about it. They are getting blood, and they are not drinking it. They're almost taking it in through osmosis. Like they're touching it, they're rubbing it on themselves, and it's vanishing. And you can see on the table that the two men are very pale, and their pores are speckled red, and they have a little bit of darkness around the edges of their eyes, both on the skin and on the whites of their eyes. So wait, like they're showing symptoms like they're turning into vampires? Is that? Yes, except like I said, they're not necessarily drinking the blood they're still after it they still want it they still take it in but it's almost like osmosis they're just absorbing it yeah. okay when did it start uh i'm sorry uh, i'm tass who are you again oh uh hi you, you just started right yeah uh my name's natalie i'm uh, well i used to be one of the lighting designers but i'm on one of the hunting teams now um my, like i said my husband and i were on vacation and the last thing i remember before I started to notice a difference that I couldn't put my thumb on was we were at a luau and there were people there and they were eating and drinking and dancing. And I went to bed, you know, we all went back and went to sleep. And in the middle of the night, I woke up to Ellis hovering over me and he had a very strange look on his face. As I backed away from him after rolling out of bed, I heard a noise behind me and I turned and it was Fritz and he was, he had the same look on his face and I was able to bar myself into the bathroom 
And that was a mistake because one of the housekeepers came when they heard the noise, and she was not so lucky, but I was able to subdue them both while they were feeding on her. And you can see that she is she is upset. Sure. How'd you manage to subdue them? I just knocked them unconscious. I took the lid off of the toilet bowl, and I cracked one of them on the back of the head because I assumed that if they were vampires, there'd be some kind of regeneration. And I had a little bit of equipment with me because, well, I don't leave home without it now that I know that this kind of shit exists. And I was able to inject them with some sedative and keep them bound, call Margaret, and she sent a plane to bring us back. Um, I'm kind of getting down, you know, just inspecting them a little closer. Okay. Have they been awake? Have they been able to talk or? No. They, well, they've been awake, but they haven't talked. Oh, God. Okay. Well, I mean, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but I mean, if there is something like that, some kind of vampire or something similar enough, you know, a party, something public, something where they can mask themselves would be a place to hunt. That's bizarre, though, that they're just sort of turned and weren't just eaten. I mean, they just, I assume they killed the housekeeper. Yes. Oh, this is really something. We have the theory that, like a lot of times, the way that it works with vampires and their lineage, that if you can find whoever turned them, since they didn't devour them, if you can destroy them, these two men might be saved. So that's what we want you boys to do. If you can get there and find whoever turned them, then we may be able to save them. Well, you know I'm in. I'm definitely in. Oh, I know. I was born in Hawaii. Oh, were you? Oh, yeah. That's interesting. The driver's license I gave you the other day says you were born in uh, Saskatchewan. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm just giving you a hard time. We raised the new guy. Raz, right. Raz, Raz, I, think, uh, I set him on Raz fire. I, we set the new guy on fire. Pillage the new guy. We pillage the new guy. Well, Jakey Poo. Yeah, naturally. Sorry, I didn't think that merited an answer. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't really, I wasn't asking your permission to send you. I just, I real. I was kind of a formality. Just yeah. like, hey, how are you? I don't always really care, but you say it to be polite. Just like, how are you guys in? So uh, go pack your bags, boys. And uh, <laughs> What time is our flight? It's about three hours from now. So if you head home, pack some bags, and uh, get on that flight. Yeah, I mean, uh, if there's any kind of gear you think that we'd need, we'd really appreciate that. But, oh, yeah. I mean, we've, uh, we've sent a package ahead for you so that you should have the supplies that at least we think that you'll need to face this kind of thing. Uh, of course, you can always call us but if there's something that we didn't account for, and we'll figure it out. All right. Thank you. Of course. No. Thank you. I didn't say it. He did. No, I'm saying thank you for giving me this opportunity. Oh, of course, of course. Hey, earned this. <laughs> she totally just Tom Hanks is you. Oh, God. Is that Tom Hanks that says yep. that line? Yeah. To Matt Damon. All right, skedaddle. Okay. So for the purpose of all of our sanity, we're going to fast forward through you going home and packing and getting to the airport and getting through airport security, and you're on the plane. <gasps> what Yay! movie's playing? Joe versus the volcano. There is, there is. Oh, I approve. Good. And you know what? I and Margaret were just so pleased. It's been a good week. That you're in first class. Oh, damn. I know. Don't expect it always, but this time, just to show that you know game masters can be good guys, you're flying first class. Wow, it's like I'm really there. I know. Oh. This is because he knows something horrible is going to happen to the front of the plane oh god what's the number uh, of the plane in lost because it actually is the same number as this plane 185 
Yeah. Is that really it? Yeah. Well, I want, what are the meal options? Uh, well, meal. the meal options are you guys land in Hawaii. <laughs> and you're slowly getting off the plane. Uh, actually, not slowly at all. You're in first class. So you're right off. Right off yeah. that plane. You guys, high, you what? High five the pilot on the way out. He gives you a pair of wings. Yes, I put them on. You get off of the plane in Hawaii. You go through the uh, checkout process. You get your bags. You get into a taxi. The taxi takes you to a little boat. And it ferries you across to a very, very small island off the west side of Molokai. It's almost impossible to call it an island because it's so small. It's maybe 10 miles from end to end. And you can see that there are smatterings of little isles off of it that are maybe not even a mile. And the boat pulls you in here. And the driver tells you that this island is called Keeley Island. Oh, we didn't fly here? Are you asking if you flew from Honolulu? I mean, you do. You take a puddle jumper. Could you take a boat? I don't know about that. Possibly? Then shut up. Okay. You took a boat. (laughs) Because what you're bringing with you will not fit on a plane. Oh. Once every story arc, he's going to interrupt me before I finish explaining it. (laughs) (laughs) Or else it's not us. I I know. There is a uh, large tarp that you guys have been riding next to. You haven't really thought much about it until the man running the boat... He's like, oh, yeah, um, your boss said that this would be for you. And he grabs the tarp and pulls it off. And there is a four-wheel <gasps> drive yes. Jeep. And it has the logo of IPT driving. on the side. No. Calling it. Driving. No. Calling it. No. Called it. And for the purposes of your playbook, Tass, this has all the features that your currently missing car has. So it has, uh, tell us again, what does your car have? Oh, absolutely. I will tell you all of these things. Oh, no. It has armor. It is armored. Yep. So it essentially has a plus one on any damage it might take. Absolutely. Uh, It has a monster cage. Yeah, which in this case is the one unfortunate thing. You see that the Jeep itself has a roll cage, but no trunk. So you can hold a monster in it, but it's just kind of the back seat. It can't get to you, but it's the back seat. Sure. Okay. Unlike your car where it was the trunk. Got it. Got it. Got it. And there's nothing else. There's no bad things at all. Oh, what's what's the matter with your car? It's temperamental. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, a Jeep you might find in Hawaii is going to be a little temperamental. Yeah, that's fair. It's a stick shift, you notice. Okay. Uh, and just because there's this awesome Jeep, I pull out my red Hawaiian shirt a la Magnum PI. I actually do own... You do... A Magnum P.I. Hawaiian shirt. We need to get a photo. There is a photo somewhere of him wearing that shirt and a mustache. Mm -hmm. It is a replica Magnum P.I. shirt. Yep. So you know that from this point, the place that they were staying at is just a little way down kind of the main road through here. It was a getaway place with the kind of bungalows. And it was, you know, your typical vacation spot. So you can head down that way. And there's a contact person who will meet you. All right. Drive us that way. All right. Is there anything you guys uh, are, are doing on the way there? Anything you want to take in? You want to tip the guy who's driving the boat? Uh, was it prepaid? Yeah, everything was prepaid. Then yes. Was there gratuity? <laughs> yeah, we'll tip the guy. He's cheap. <laughs> He's even cheap with imaginary money. <laughs> uh, I'm taking so many Hawaii selfies as we go. All right. So you guys pile into the Jeep? Shotgun. That's cool because I can just stand up on... In the back seat. I mean, I, yeah, I assume you're sitting in the middle in the back seat. Yeah. It's like right between them. Hey, guys. Just breathing in the air of, uh, of of your birthplace. Of my people. All right. So you guys get to the resort. It is called the Wave and Sea. All right. I think we uh, roll on in. There's a man working at the front desk, and he looks up to greet you. Oh, hi. Uh, I believe we have reservations. Uh, it would be either under my name or the organization. Um Indianapolis Players Theater. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right this way. Oh, thank and you. And he actually 
doesn't lead you outside. He leads you into a back room. Oh, weird. I mean, I assume you guys would want to talk first. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. I didn't want to just send you to your room. I know there's information I need to, to give you. Oh, great. All oh, right. So you're part of the IPT? Uh, no, I, I'm just, uh, I have a little bit of experience and I was the one who uh, helped with them. So, you know, they told me to, you know, you need a point of contact here. So here I am. What was your name? Uh, Ori. Nice to meet you. I'm Tass. Hey, Tass. I'm Jake. Hey, Jake. How are you? Teej. Hey, Teej. I was born here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, not like on this island, but, you know, oh. in Honolulu. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, this place has only been here for like 15 years, this right. resort. I didn't know. Maybe no, no, you were no. conceived here. That happens a no, lot. No. no, I was born in a pink hospital on the hill in Honolulu. Oh, okay. So he brings you in the back and says, uh, what have you been told so far? Um, we were told that um, two people got very sick in a certain way and in their dazed and disoriented state that they killed a housekeeper. Yeah. Um, and they tell you uh, like what happened with the blood. Yeah. They sucked it up through their skin, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's just get all the cards on the table here. This doesn't seem natural. If this is some kind of a disease, it's a really unique one that we're trying to discover. Otherwise, this is something else. I, I just want to be real upfront with you. Do you know of any just strange, unnatural seeming things that have happened or have been happening here? I mean, if we're going to kind of say it like this is some weird vampire stuff i'm not saying i'm buying into that i just you know if there's any local legends any kind of things like that that people might be aware of or anything you know there's always legends and myths that go along with places where humanity doesn't really live all that much there is a small island uh just to the east of here it's maybe not even a mile and you know they say that if you go by there at night you hear screams it's the sound of the wind going through the trees there, but that's what people believe. I don't know that there's anything to that. Um, you know, we have had some people going missing, uh, some locals, uh, some of the people who uh, fish or make their living really kind of on the land uh, over on the on the west side of the island. But really, it's just been business as usual until until that happened the other night. Uh, so the west side where the, this has been happening, is that the direction of that island? No, the island's right off the east. It's off the east. Yeah. And then there are people who live in the West who have been going missing. Again, it's not, it's not you know, that big of a place. We're trying to piece together some of what they've told us. Uh, we know that there was some kind of a, a party, a luau, a, you know, something before. I assume that was... Yeah, yeah. Whenever guests arrive, we have a luau uh, basically every other night. And then on the other nights, there's nice formal dining options. Sure. Was there anything special about this particular luau? No. no like just, like no said, we kind of celebration for any kind of... I don't know, a holiday or anything? Oh, no, just, you know, celebration of life. Where'd the pig come from? Uh, from the farm down the road. Not on the small island or anything? From the, which small island? The Scream Island. Oh, no. No, 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 one, no one lives there. There's nothing there. Would we have access to that, that spot and maybe even the room where the... Oh, yeah, that's the one we booked you in. Good. Right? Is that good? You said you'd want to get a close look at it. I thought, well, what's closer than, than sleeping in it? Is the bedding been changed and all the... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Uh, I mean, as long as that's okay with you and we're not going to get harassed about it, I, I definitely, you know, we'll probably move our stuff into the room and then uh, I'll want to take a look around where these parties happen. Yeah, that's fine. We got a little bit of time, actually. You're, you're between um, between groups. You know, like I said, we bring them in uh, and then there's a luau. Uh, we don't have... A, this is a, 
you know, come for X amount of nights kind of thing. And so uh, it's an off time right now. So there'll be a couple of days before other people get here. It'll just be you guys. Great. Uh, has there been one since that night? A luau? Right. No, huh? That okay. was the, that was the last night. Good. All right. Okay. Let's yeah, go if you get need our anything. Just let me know. Gear. There's a couple of people, you know, who are working around uh, cleaning up between uh, shifts of guests. But yeah, you'll find us if you need us. Just uh, give a holler. Excellent. Go get our stuff. Find the room. All right. So with the information that Ori has given you, you all start walking through the resort. You leave the car in the small parking lot that it has, and all the bungalows are numbered. They've got signs outside of them that are very visible. On your way to 19, you do pass an area that's got a pool. There are a couple of like snack huts there. And on the other side, there is the water of the ocean. And you can see where there are tables set up for dinners and also a volleyball court a little further down the sand. Oh, should we go uh, play some volleyball? No. Um, Should we go check out the luau area? Top Gun moment. Yeah. (laughs) Should we go check out that luau area real quick? I mean, we might as well. We're right here. You guys going to just set your stuff on the path? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I think it's worth uh, wandering over and just kind of take a look. Might right. as well since we've got the light of day. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, set our stuff on the path and go investigate. So what exactly are you guys looking for here? There's tables. There's chairs. There's the beach. There's a fire pit. You can see that there are longer tables that you assume is where they put all the food for the banquet. Is this a sandy area? Yes. It's like beachside? Mm -hmm. They uh, bury the pig here and let it cook, and then they dig it out and serve it. Nice. Um, This might be a long shot, but this is kind of what's in my head is, you know, clearly it's probably a well-traveled, lots of people did, you know, whatever, hanging out. But I want to look for like a set of footprints that might be like a single set of footprints that has come in from just somewhere else. Like, do you know what I mean? Like something that wouldn't have been off the path from the hotel, like something that just looks like where the hell would this random set have come from? All right. Roll investigate a mystery. Okay. That's an eight. You get a hold one. What is being concealed here? You examine the sand between the tables and the chairs around the fire pit and the long tables where the food is set out. And you see footprints everywhere coming and going. You can see they go up to the path. You can see they go further down the beach towards the volleyball court. But you do see one set of footprints that go from the fire pit to the water and then back again. And it sticks out only because it's the only pair. If someone was going to go get in the water, you imagine that they would go to one of the nicer areas where they've got the sand that's raked, where they've got beach chairs set out. No one's going to go swimming in front of the place where everybody's eating dinner. And you can see that there are handprints, and you can follow them around the fire pit and then back to the spot where it starts. You think that for a short time, whatever walked from the beach to the water and back walked around the fire pit with the use of its hands also. While he's going down to check the area where they have the luau, what are you guys going to do? I'm going to investigate the bar area. And Jake, what are you going to do? I'm going to go help TJ. All I'm right. going to go help him. I'm going to listen to what he, what his idea is, and I'm just going to be like, okay, and also try to look for anything that seems out of place, like I don't know. You guys are going to put to use your mixology degrees. You guys get over to the bar. It's open. There's not anyone working it, but it's not locked up, so you're able to get inside of it, no problem. So roll, investigate a mystery, and uh, Jake, you can help out. A nine for me. All right. Jake, what did you get? Seven to help out. Okay. So TJ, yours is actually a 10. And as you lean over to help him, Jake, you accidentally elbow a bottle that was sitting on the lip and you hear it land on the ground and shatter. 
You just kind of hear it echo between the empty bungalows. Oh, I'm going to try and find like a broom or something to sweep up the pieces and throw them away. Yeah, there's one right there in a trash can. I will do that and hope that they don't bill me for this bottle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did it, was it an expensive bottle? I don't know that you know. Yep, just sweep that up, throw some sand on top of the liquid. <laughs> And the glass. So, TJ, oh what would you like to do with your two hold? Just going to have to go with the old tried and true. What is being concealed here? You search through the bottles. Blue, green, yellow, all different colors of alcohol. Flavors of all fruits that match the colors. But there is one unmarked bottle of red liquid that is unmarked hidden here. I take a look at the bottle and I open it up and I take a whiff of it. it smells a little like rotten meat. I'm going to take my finger and dip it into the bottle. A little taste off the tip of my tongue. It has a taste that's very coppery. Not like your own blood, if you've ever pricked your finger and sucked on it, how it has that kind of mm-hmm. that sharp taste to it. But it's not far from it. I definitely do the spit thing and I grab the nearest bottle of like a gym beam and I just like swish it around my mouth a little bit and spit it out. What do you do with the the little red bottle? I put the lid back on it. Jake, you've finished sweeping up the mess. You've put some sand over what you hope is just liquid. I will go back over and ask him if he has found anything. I found this. I show him the bottle. What is this? I'm not quite sure because... Uh, what I think it is, is blood. What I don't know is if it's blood for oh, real. Okay. Uh, I want to take the lid off and give it a sniff as well. And it smells a little like rotten meat. Now, am I very confused or does blood not smell like rotten meat? That's a safe assumption. Yeah, okay. I guess it depends on your diet. <laughs> uh, God. But we can hold on to it and hopefully figure out what it is. Maybe we can ask one of the bartenders or something what it is. So you guys head back towards the luggage. And as you get there, Tass arrives from his expedition at the beach. Well, TJ found this thing. Hold up the little little bottle. And that is? We don't know yet. We think it's blood. I think it's blood. Sorry. It smells like rotten meat. It's real gross. So maybe it's like the blood off of meat, you know, whenever you're, you know, cooking something and that juice kind of comes off. Aju. Myoglobin. Ugh. Is there some reason they would have saved, like part of the of the pig or like and turned it into a liquid I d- yeah i don't gross oof okay don't like that uh okay well i mean we've got weird handprints and we've got you got weird handprints what say come check this out this is odd to say the least uh yeah so there are just footprints that go from you know kind of the area around the fire pit to the water and back but there are handprints along with it too, like they've been walking with their feet and their hands, like a almost like an ape, but not on the knuckles, you know, on the palms. So it just straight from the fire pit to the water and back? Like where to from there? Where do these go from the fire pit? Okay, here's what that looks like is walking around like an ape or something, but f- with f- their hands flat like that going around the fire pit to the water and back. I don't know that that's what it is, though. I think we've got it the opposite way. You think it went came from the water? Yeah, and then went back. Okay, what kind of... They look like human footprints and handprints, sort of, right? Yep. Uh, what kind of creature that's kind of humanoid lives lives in the water or comes out of the water? I have absolutely no idea. I Absolutely no idea. Well, Frogman. 
You, you got it in one, TJ. It's the Frogman. <laughs> it's Frogman. All right. Pack it up, boys. <laughs> Case closed. Did it start off on two feet and then go to... Kind of. It was almost like hands? a little of both. I mean, yeah, again, it's at least something to go on. Might be something that came out of the water, and we've got a weird bottle full of rotten meat juice. So Yummy. Let's figure out... Oh, I wonder if the rotten meat juice is like bait for a creature or something. I mean, if they have fishing and stuff around here, I mean, it's not unheard of for them to use chum and stuff, but I don't know why that would be at the bar. Well, then we should probably just go to the bungalow. Yeah, we can drop our stuff off and then start asking around about whatever's in this bottle and talking to staff and stuff. Yeah, that's a good call. Do you guys head further down towards the door to 19 and you're able to use your key and get inside? So yeah, I think uh, even before we just drag our stuff in and all that, I want to take a look around. I want to see there's kind of any signs of the struggle or just you know, look for look for kind of a path of what happened here. Kind of do a sweep of the room. Yeah. Uh, anybody else looking for anything in particular? In the I'll room? definitely help him out with looking for anything. Uh, roll investigate a mystery. And uh, TJ, you roll to help out. Jake, you guard the door. Uh, seven. I see TJ shifting uncomfortably. I rolled a six. So Tess, you get a hold one. TJ, you duck down next to the bed, trying to get a look around, trying to figure out, you know, where this person might have died. Uh, and you see that there are marks on the floor, and you move your hand closer to where the marks are to try to feel them. And a hand shoots out from underneath the bed and grabs you and starts to pull you underneath the bed. Are you kidding me? Oh my god! And you guys hear like, <sighs> and there is something trying to pull TJ under the bed. Uh, I want to go grab TJ and pull him away from the thing that's pulling him. All right, Tass, what are you doing? I am pulling out my uh pistol jake roll protect someone i got a four Mm -hmm. with my plus two tough mind you i rolled one wow hot start hot start indeed so you baseball slide over to grab tj and to remind everybody a six and under you make things worse tj his force pushes you under the bed into the darkness with this thing and you take one point of harm as you feel a burning sensation on your arms where this thing's hands are this is what you see now Tass. the jake was like oh i'll get you tj and he slides towards him and it's been freshly polished the floor and he didn't take into account for that and so he slams into tj's body and knocks him out of sight uh, so I probably don't have a clear shot at whatever's you down do there. You do not. Ooh. Jake's kind of in the way, and there's just darkness and sounds underneath the bed. Okay, so... That's the name of my new horror book, Darkness and Sounds Underneath the Bed. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> R.L. Stein. Yeah. I want to try to get to the opposite side of wherever this ridiculous crash has happened. Yeah. It's at the foot of the bed, so you can go to the left or right of the bed, and then the head is against the wall. Okay, so they're at the foot of the bed? Yep. I'm going to roll left, um, and uh, what I'm trying to do here is uh, see whatever this is, if I can see it, if I've got kind of a line of sight, I'm going to take a shot. Roll act under pressure. Okay. That is an 11. What damage does the gun do? That does two damage. Great. So you roll across the room, you pop up on one knee, and you can see something writhing underneath, and it does not look like TJ to you at all, and you put a shot into its back, and you hear it shriek, and it turns and starts to scuttle from underneath the bed towards you. Jake, what are you doing? Well, um, that failure did cause me to level. Oh. FYI. So you're leveling up. I am leveling up. So I 
am taking a, an improvement, which is take a move from another playbook. Oh. I'm going to take a move from the mundane playbook. Really? What what, like, what could a Thunder God want from a mundane? No uh, joke. So this move is called What Could Go Wrong? Whenever you charge into immediate danger without hedging your bets, hold two. You may spend your hold to inflict plus one harm, reduce someone's harm suffered by one, or take plus two forward on an act under pressure roll. Oh, all right. Um, which I feel like I have been rushing into danger without hedging my bets some in this game. Yeah. Because I've priority one is to protect TJ. Like, yeah. I don't have time to think about it. I've got to go do that. And so I feel like maybe my deity is like noticing that and being like, all right, well, we got to balance this out somehow. So like I am getting little bonuses because it's like, well, he's doing his job. I'll give him that. He gave you well, a pity power. But yeah, basically yeah. a pity power. It's like, all right, this guy's doing all right. You yeah, can't help that the guy he's protecting is a total dimwit. Yeah, it's very much like a, his heart's in the right place. Promotion. Boy, he's sure trying. <laughs> yep. So is TJ fully gone under this bed? He is. Well, okay, maybe it does matter because I think I'm diving under the bed just to like try and figure out where he's gone or what's happening. Please tell me he falls through the world into the place like little monsters. Please. I don't know that you'll fit Aww. under the bed in your armor. Okay. How about this? I just want to reach down and grab the bed and flip it. Like, All right. Just get it out of the way. I think it's time for some superhuman strength to throw this king size bed into the air. Roll. Why are you weird? Because as you approach the bed, you see that this is one of those very sturdy couples retreat beds. Oh, that is God. it kind of not made to come off of the floor? So you're going to use your no limits to try to separate this bed from the floor and throw it away so you can get to TJ. Well, uh, no limits is rolled off of weird, which is always an adventure. So let's see how this goes. I got an eight. All right. So you got an eight. What is your consequence? I'm going to take minus one forward. Okay, so you have minus one forward. It's just my next roll, whatever it is. Tess, act under pressure. Okay. That's a 12. Excellent. You see this thing scuttling at you, and in the background you see Jake stand up and rush towards the bed, put his hands on it, and flip it, and you have enough time to see, oh, this giant oak frame bed is getting ready to fall on myself, and whatever the hell this nightmare thing is coming out from under the bed... And you are able to jump backwards as this bed with a heavy thud lands on top of this creature. Jake, underneath the bed, you see TJ. Uh, are you okay? Yeah, my arm feels burnt, though. Jeez. You can see he's got some pucker marks on his arm. That's where I've been making out with myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and lay on hands on TJ. All right. Uh, that's a seven. So with a seven to nine, you get the choice of either healing a point or curing an illness and somehow you know you can sense that you have both options um oh no i know this like in character yeah somehow you know that you have a choice to make you lay on hands and you can feel that he's got damage but there's something else he's he seems sick so you have to choose which one of these you want to heal oh that's so good i hate this I think I have an obligation to TJ, and I think that whatever the illness is, is probably worse than the one little harm he's got, so I will take the illness. And you now have Wilson's you, disease. You still have... <laughs> <laughs> Which is an actual disease that TJ uh, Tincher of the real world has. Yeah. <laughs> TJ, you can drink freely now. Yes, finally! So do I feel ill now? or is... You don't. Did I feel like something was drawn out of me? Do you feel better now is that what you're saying you didn't feel bad before 
Not good. Tass, in front of you, the bed has just landed and it is starting to shake and jostle as the creature underneath it fights to get out. I had a pretty good look at it as it was crawling out at me, right? Yeah. I want to use my hold. What sort of creature is it? It is a ghoul. A ghoul. Okay. Uh, I was about to ask you another question, but I don't have another hold, so I want to shoot it. Roll kick some ass. Okay. I got a six. Oh, no. I got a six. All right. You raise the 38 at the ghoul and pull the trigger, and there's a dull click sound. And you think this doesn't seem right. I just shot this thing. And then you remember having a conversation. Okay, I've got two hollow point. I've got two silver. What other two bullets do you think would be beneficial? What works against vampires? And that's when the boat docked, and you didn't load those last two chambers. And you happened to fire on one of the empty chambers. The ghoul connects with you, knocking the air out of you, but it doesn't stop. It runs faster as it wraps its hands around your back and carries you out of the bungalow towards the water. and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Space. Multiverse. Stars. One Stars. One Star Reviews. Join Negative Nancy and Chatbot aboard the Space Windu as they bring you the worst One Star Reviews from all across the universe. I'm supposed to say that we promise to bring you the very best One Star Reviews from all across the multiverse. But you know what? I don't believe it. I don't believe that for one second. I'm rating my driver Marcus one star. Not for his driving ability, but instead for his disloyalty and cowardice. Lackluster moon vacations. A can of beans. Abandoned malls. Cat beds that don't come in human sizes. Dragon stuff. Come have a laugh back at the one star reviewers. Listen to the one stars wherever you get your podcasts.